0: Hey everybody, welcome to The Bagging Boardcast, episode number 290. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways.
1: The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 20th, 2016.
0: And then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. Uh, we do a little bit something different every single week. And this week, it's something that we do once a month, so it's not all that different. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I sold it under false pretenses, everybody. But this is our monthly trading policy, and this one's actually coming to you guys from me. Hi, I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. This is the Magnet Boardcast, episode number 290. Um, Three ways, is, the first being the weekend. <laughs> oh. Wait. Huh? And this is actually hexed from over at Boom Studios. Uh, I Blanking on the guy's name. I'm oh. sorry. It's drawn by Emma Rios.
2: But it's it's the new Buffy from what they tell you in the back of the
0: book. From the hype, this is the uh, the new Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm-hmm. and this is written by Michael Allen Nelson. I knew it was something like that. Uh, How could I forget Mike Nelson,
1: co writer over on um, Damon? Oh, hmm.
2: well, so we know what he's doing with his night work then.
0: Hmm. You know, hmm.
1: I work with Damon.
0: So no. look forward to that. Coming up in about half an hour.
1: <laughs> that, that fell pretty flat, Paul, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yep. Flat. Just try like, to move on. Kinda like this uh beer. Not
2: so many bubbles on this. No. Uh as always, we start off the uh day with drinking. <laughs> That's what our day men do. You still
0: try to just abandon it.
1: <laughs> no. No. It will I know it'll work somehow. I just got to make it's it work. Cut and run. Uh, this yep. is the 2015 Great Divide Barrel Age Series release of Yeti Imperial Stout aged in whiskey barrels. Uh, this is 12.5%. Uh, I noticed when I was at Premier, I'd been looking for this because I saw that it was getting mm-hmm. a mass release. And they have, like, their old Ruffian bottle release and another one of their beers, uh from their barrel series release, that I'm like, I'll probably buy those too. Um, but this is a nice chocolatey whiskey whiskey style. Burn.
3: Uh,
1: did you say burn?
3: Was it, it
2: you was get a burn on this? Not a burn, but you definitely get on the nose. That on the nose alcohol. is whiskey.
1: You get you get it on the back end. That whiskey kind of. It's like if you took a chocolate, like a chocolate cookie and dipped it into whiskey and then smelled it because I get so mm-hmm. much chocolate notes on the nose. Yeah, and it's it's
2: not a bad chocolate flavor because sometimes, like, uh, I always hearken back to talking about that rogue chocolate stout, which is just Hershey syrup, and it's just bad. This one's got that rich chocolate uh, flavor, but it's not overpowering. It's not like, um what is it, uh, Ellicottville's... Uh, chocolate Cherry Bomb. Chocolate Cherry Bomb. Where it's just chocolate. This this has that... If you're thinking about chocolate, you can taste it. But it's not going to... Nothing... That flavor isn't smacking you in the face.
1: It's this reminds me of a a watery version of those Voodoo yeah. barrel-aged. It's a good barrel-aged beer, but it does have this little wateriness to mm-hmm. it. Um, but I think it's got a lot of flavor to it. The texture's more watery. Mm-hmm. Um, the mouthfeel, yeah, yeah. I don't... like. It's all that
2: whiskey that makes me go, that makes me uh want to, you know, add add more saliva to my mouth. That kind of drives me out a little yeah. bit.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's great. And, I mean, I've, I've, I've had about half of my glass just sipping it as we've been sitting here talking. So not sitting here talking just now on the show, but the before game. Before, yeah. before starting the show. It's pre-show. It's
0: the pre-show stuff.
2: Chris, you have two beers, right?
0: I do have two beers, uh, and the first one is actually from one of John's new beer's re- uh, resolutions, and this is actually coming from Smutty Nose. Um, that was one of the breweries you picked him on to drink more of, right? No.
1: No? That was uh, – Paul and I both agreed last year that was the brewery that oh, okay. really shined for us. Yeah, that, that was a, the previous
2: that was year. was thing. Though. And I wanted to try more of their uh, Smut Lab Creations.
0: Yeah, I, I only talk on the show. I don't listen to it. I'm sorry. I'm
1: going to listen to you guys. I just wait till you pause so I can speak.
0: But this is uh, one of their big beer series, and this is the Smutty Nose Scotch Ale. Um, mm-hmm. I picked this up in a bomber. It is. Where is it? I don't see it on here. Um, it doesn't seem like it's that high in an ABV. It's really nice, really light, really drinkable. It's got a little bit more of a hop on it than I'm used to from Scotch Ales. I mean,. When I go to a Scotch ale, I tend to go for stuff that tends to be a little bit more of a big boy.
3: Um, mm-hmm.
0: I kind of go like the old curmudgeon or, um, oh, what was the other one? Dirty Bastard.
2: Yeah, Dirty Bastard from Founders. uh Claymore from Great Divide.
0: Yeah. I haven't had Claymore in a while. That's a good um, one.
2: My really, out uh, of Scotch Elf, that's one of my favorites is Claymore from Great Divide.
0: I, I would agree. That's a really good one. Uh, but this this is solid. This is really drinkable, and I think it was only like six ninety nine or seven ninety nine oh, for this bomber. That's not bad at all. I was trying to go a little bit more on the the frugal side with my beer today. There was a lot of stuff I wanted to try, but it's all more expensive. And I was like, I don't want that much of a buy in.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I, I went the opposite. Ice I just I couldn't do it today. So I don't know. I, I actually I applaud my choice on this because this is actually really good. Um, I will probably wind up finishing this bottle today?
1: 8.2%.
0: 8.2, okay. Honestly, I didn't even think it was going to be that high.
1: Um, Yeah, they're scotch wee heavy. Oh,
0: This one, actually, it's stamped on the side of the actual bottle. It's not on the label.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, Bottle Conditioned August 2015,
2: ABV 7.7. Oh, wow. And it's held
0: up that well. So, yeah, not bad. Um, From August, which is good. I might might go grab another bottle of this and uh, sit on that then if it says it's Conditioned. Mm -hmm. maybe that 8.2 percent is like after it's aged for a little bit too
2: maybe Maybe, but you know what's never good aged the news News, because it's no longer new you got to keep that news news right right especially with the news coming out from i don't know netflix you guys had a lot of netflix news right
1: yeah, season they, two of Jessica Jones has been picked up with Netflix. Oh. Um, I didn't see a release date for that. They might not have it just yet. Probably
2: not. They just had a bunch of release dates for season that series that are starting up, like, this summer, like, in May and stuff. Like, like you know, Fuller it, House? Uh, Orange is the New Black, Fuller House, yes. Well, Fuller House, does that have a release date?
0: Uh, I think it does, because they're putting out trailers and stuff for it now.
3: Hmm.
0: What? I, I know I saw one. I didn't really... Pay attention to it. It's a show that I'm looking forward to, but it's <clears throat> not like with that fervor that I have for something like Daredevil season two or even like Jessica Jones. Um, okay. But also coming out on Netflix news, also. Oh, wait, before uh, you
2: get to that, Chris, can I ask you uh, yeah. were, were you more excited to hear about Fuller House or Girl Meets World? Because similar vein.
0: Um, GIF shows. Fuller House. Fuller House, really? Yeah. I don't know. Like, when it came to those two shows, full house or boy meets world i was always just a bigger full house fan um i've never really gone back to rewatch boy meets world full house is something that i could easily just put on and have it as background noise um, i've seen all of those episodes so many times i don't need to watch them um they're a part of me now hmm. and um i don't know it's something that i'm looking forward to but it, it's not going to scratch that fanboy itch. It's not going to be something that I have to sit down and like take the day off and marathon. You know, it would be mm-hmm. like, oh, I got home from work. Let me watch an episode of Fuller House while I eat a sandwich, kind of show.
2: And and talking about Netflix new releases, did you see that The Grassy is now on Netflix here in the United States? I did not. The new class. Did, I
0: was going to say, do they have all of it, or is it? Yeah, no, just the newer class. Uh. All right. Next generation's the best. As is with everything. <laughs> oh. Making
2: um, it so. Okay.
0: Uh, but also coming out, more Netflix rumors about an actual spin off Punisher show. What? Um, Jeff Loeb was talking that they're really happy with uh, the Punisher's performance in Daredevil, and we might be able to see more of that.
1: Which I'm okay with it. If they do a good job, and the, the guy, who, uh, I can't think of his name, Berthold? John Berenthal. Berenthal. Um He seems to uh, really appreciate and love playing Frank Castle.
2: Hmm. Now, how does... uh... Oh, I had the guy's name. Thomas Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. feel about all this. Because that guy loves being the Punisher. He did. And he loves being day drunk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He should should get along with us perfectly. (laughs) You should be the fourth co-host. You should be. As the Punisher, though. I think all he should do is, like, yeah, well, that's great, but when I was the Punisher. It should all just go back to him being the uh-huh. Punisher.
0: He just Kelsey brings it up. Yeah. Well, maybe for a Christmas special. Who knows? Day job, you know? We do that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know, but Netflix is kind of dominating the news that I had written down this week because we also have some more news coming out from over on the a series of unfortunate events side. For those that don't know, A Series of Unfortunate Events was a series of young adult novels that came out early 2000s, written by Lemony Snicket, a.k.a. Um, Daniel Handler, who wrote a bunch of actual like adult mystery and like, novels. Um,
2: Chelsea Handler's
1: uh, no No. <laughs> <laughs> Let uh, me start a bad rumor once in a while. It's fun. We do I that all know. the time. Remember when you said that Tom Hanks doesn't go to church?
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, But it did have a movie in, like, the mid-2000s, like, mid-aughts, I'd say, um, which was okay. They tried doing three books in one movie and just kind of didn't work. Uh, But we are getting a Netflix show based off of this, and we got our first bit of casting news with Neil Patrick Harris being cast as the main antagonist, Count Olaf. Uh, Uh,
1: Which I think is a, like, when you said that, I was like, oh, yeah, that guy's perfect, because he can be a chameleon. That guy can... Mm -hmm. Just act his heart out and be different people, and still likable, but yeah. still a scoundrel. Yeah, he's
0: always had lovable scamp.
1: I mean, he just he does, look at,
0: uh, yeah, go ahead. How I Met Your Mother, or even Doctor Horrible Sing Along Vlog. Mm-hmm. Like he, he can, he can turn on a dime.
1: The The Harold and Kumar movies. Yeah. <laughs> like playing Neil Patrick Harris. Like playing, uh, yeah. And that's that seems
2: like fun, and this seems like something that he can show his it's age appropriate for the children he has, you know? Because, yeah. uh, you know, every once in a while you hear about these big Hollywood studio, uh, these big Hollywood actors, and they want to do a more family-oriented or kids-oriented thing because they do so much work,
1: and they can't show any of it to the kids. Uh, I was just listening to an interview with Jack Black, and he was <laughs> like, no, I just let my kids watch School of Rock. And then somebody asked him if uh, have they seen *Pick a Destiny*. He's like, "No, <laughs> no, I don't think they need to know about Dad and marijuana yet." <laughs> we'll leave that, leave that aside.
2: <laughs> exactly, stuff like that. So I, I always enjoy it when uh, these these actors that are so fun and and can do a lot of great work come back to do the more family-oriented stuff because I think in that restriction they can really shine as well.
0: Yeah, and speaking about. Uh Family-oriented and actors coming back. uh, Just announced that actor Tim Curry, best known as Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show, is coming back to the Fox remake um, that's coming out with a bunch of people that I don't know cast the main roles. But uh, he'll be playing the role of the criminologist, a.k.a. the narrator.
1: Uh, I think that's a good fit for him. I mean, at least having the, the person who was therefore the original stage performance then to the big screen and then having them back i think that's good um because i don't want to see tim curry dressed up in drag anymore no
0: well i mean you don't really need to anymore at this point <laughs> <laughs> i have gotten an eyeful uh <laughs> but I, I i think this might have been fox's way of trying to add a little bit more credence to what they're doing with this um because, honestly, I didn't care about this at all before. I mean, they've been announcing casting for this. and it's Like I said, it's all people that I don't know or care about. Uh, right. But this is actually what kind of made me take note and be like, okay, you know what, like, I'll watch maybe at least, like, the first five minutes of it. It doesn't
1: It doesn't interest me in a sense that the first one captured it all. I mean, what are they – or what could they do differently with it?
0: And that's the thing, like, I don't – I don't think you really could try to do anything different with it because it's such, it's such a cult hit. Anything that you do different is just going to come off as like, well, they're just trying to be different and stand out. Like it's not going to be anywhere close to the original.
1: No. And it's, I mean, people, they're still showing it. It's still being watched people are still going to theaters to see it. So why even make a new one? Yeah. I mean, it's the same thing, like, okay, you have the original Alfred Hitchcock, Psycho, or you have, like, the Gus Van Sant remake, which Shot for is Shot remake. Shot for Shot remake. Like, which one do people remember? Which one are people going to see? Wait, Gus Van Sant did a remake of Psycho? Yeah. Yeah.
0: This is, like, years ago. It's, like, 2000? Shot for Shot. That's crazy. Uh,
2: yeah, I just went on, because I remembered a funny thing about uh, Twitter back in, uh, when it first kind of started, um back in 2009 a person signed up with the uh, tag of Dr FN Footer so Dr Frankenfooter uh, and the post was I wish to see I, I wish you I see you shiver with antisa dot 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 that was May 8th 2009 it took until May 8th 2014 for a patient to be tweeted out by him Ooh. So I was because I remember that happening. Like that was the last tweet, and it was years and years going. And I'm like, did he ever post
1: patient? He did, or she did. It would have been better if they never did. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been it's a better five deal. years.
0: They, they might have just like set it in there as like a yeah. scheduled post. Mm-hmm. Five <clears> years <throat> through
1: the day, pretty
2: good. Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah. I don't have any way to segue over to the news yes. that I have. I know a lot
2: of people have been anticipating uh, more <laughs> news about the Why
1: the Last Man television show. Uh, especially Future Wife uh, just finished reading the entire series. Wow. And she's also signaled to me that she's drunk. <laughs> we <haven't been> drinking. <laughs> she says, We haven't been drinking. And she also, all she ate today was fruit. Uh,
3: Beth.
2: And a piece of bacon. Oh, bet. That, that That is a recipe for disaster.
1: Paul would know.
2: I do know. I've done that before. That's why I was frantically cooking up food back when you guys called, saying that you were on the way over. I was cooking up some blueberries. Uh, back in 2014, though, uh, Brian K. Vaughn got the rights back to the uh, Why the Last Man uh, series. you know. And uh, since then, he's been working with uh, FX... Uh, to do a telev- television series. Uh, the CEO, John Langerton Goff, has, uh, said that, you know, came out to IGN News saying that, uh, basically there's a lot of people interested in the project, and it's up to Brian K. Vaughn to pick the writer and producer team that he's most comfortable with. So this has been going on since, man, before the series even ended, back in like 2007 yeah, it's been 2006. A while. Like that, uh, rumors were going around that maybe Shiloh LaBeouf would star in a movie. That's, that's how long ago. One actor's
1: lifetime ago. (laughs) Well, career life in Hollywood. Time ago. (laughs) Yep. I don't know, he, he invited, he he invited people to come and watch all his movies in order with him in a theater. Oh, that's. Wait, did he get to see all the Even Stevens first? Yeah, they watched all all the movies that he's done. Oh, no, I mean the
2: Disney television show Even
1: Stevens. No, I know, I'm, and I'm correcting you saying no, it was oh, all his movies that he movies. did. Yeah. Because
2: whatever happened to Ren Stevens? I don't know.
1: That's why IMDb exists, Paul? Oh, I'll check on that right now while you talk about your news. <laughs> Are we done talking about yours?
2: Yeah, The Why the Last Man, yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Because
2: you didn't know how to segue to your news, so I segued it with the anticipation angle
1: to my news. And then I segued it to your news right then. But I still want to talk about your news. Oh,
2: okay. Keep on going.
1: (laughs) I just thought it would be interesting because he has, Brian K. Vaughn has worked in the TV world on Lost and on other things that he doesn't have those contacts or people that he would feel like, oh, I could hand this over to these guys. They would be able to do a good job. Because I think the the writing team and even like the showrunners and stuff that have worked with lost would be the perfect people to bring why the last man to TV.
2: They might be. I, I agree. But, um, I don't know. I never saw the lost. Well, i seen, and you never yeah. will. Nope. nope. Paul, you never will. That's very he true. Doesn't, he doesn't like it. I watched it for a season. And I was like, uh, you didn't watch the first season. I couldn't get through the first season. <laughs> I tried. It's
1: just oh,
0: so slow. Anyway, well, something else that you probably won't be able to get through the first season of because it's not going to be made yet is Fox's Hellfire. And this is the X-Men universe spinoff show focusing on the Hellfire club. Uh, the showrunner is leaving the series to actually go work on the new 24 reboot, uh, it's like Twenty Four Legacy, I think it's called. Um, thus shelving a show that we didn't care about from the get go. I
2: thought I thought Twenty Four was getting a movie.
0: It already had a movie.
1: Oh, it had a movie.
0: Oh man! So, I'm pretty sure. So far behind. Now, yeah, they had like another like Kiefer Sutherland thing. Um, this one's not going to be. This is going to be sutherland no, Sutherlandless, I guess. No more Jack Bauer. No more Jack Bauer. Oh,
1: I think somebody said that like
0: to retire.
1: Because uh, there were so many seasons of, like, there was, like, three or four seasons of 24, and somebody said, like, in, like, uh, 48 hours, Jack Bauer had killed, like, 300 people.
3: Wow,
1: wow. <laughs> he's more he's, deadlier than... He's a man than, on the go. He's
2: deadlier than the bubonic plague.
1: I know. It was something it was something bizarre like that, you're like, wow, that's a huge body count for that short of time. Well, think about that in your video game ever, also. Like, you know... Like uh, what's the the
2: not the, well Assassin's Creed obviously, but the one where you're a thief uh, on PlayStation. Thief. No, the other <laughs> thief one on PlayStation. The the main one. Uh, oh, it Drake. Drake. Yeah, that guy kills
1: tons of people. Yeah, and it's in a shorter, shorter period of time. <laughs> Very short period. But it also that's a video game that you're meant to be going up against baddies and and killing them. You know, they're just mm-hmm. constantly sending wave of henchmen at you versus a TV show where a dude's just shooting everyone. Well, that's how you get rid of terrorists. <laughs> I guess so. Dump him in the ocean after you shoot him. Mm. SEAL Team 6 taught me that. Uh, I've been doing that a lot in Dishonored lately. <laughs> just throwing people over balconies. Nice. Into the depths, the watery depths below. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't... I'm not – the news doesn't bother me Um, because the Hellfire Club would definitely be something, depending on what it looked like, I would check out at least the first episode. Uh, But it's nothing I'm kicking down doors for. No, not at all. And at least he's going – he's leaving a TV show for something that will definitely be well-received. Unlike like Drew Goddard left Daredevil Netflix show to do the Sinister Six movie that never – happened at Fox
0: or um another show that hasn't been as well received heroes reborn
1: yeah which just was canceled by NBC <laughs> uh the remake show or the remake or the relaunching of that brand came out in September and <laughs> i think they did their you know that 13 run up until the winter Wind break season. And then uh, we're told they're not coming back for it. Oh, poor Chuck!
0: But see, like that's a show that I didn't I watch get the... any of.
1: Hold on, Chris. I... Chris. Wait a second. Yeah. I don't get your reference, Paul. The guy that
2: played Chuck in the series Chuck <laughs> was the main like lead for the Heroes reason oh, Okay. I don't know the guy's name.
0: Levy. Sorry, I'm, I'm getting my next beer. So, sorry, it was loud.
2: It's okay. So I'm I'm going to use IMDb,
0: Zachary <laughs> Levy. Yeah, Zachary Levi. He also yeah. uh, was as Flynn Rider in Tangled. Yeah,
1: he's, he's, he he's also, a
0: cool, good, like cool dude. I'll he
1: like... he also was in uh, Thor. The... He played Fandral. Oh. Okay. okay, Paul. Now I get your joke. Well, the reference. He played Luke Collins. Give that guy a glass of water. Uh, no, Chris. I'm sorry. Go back to your your point that was actually a po- relevant. A point. <laughs>
0: I don't remember it (laughs) now. Thanks, Paul.
1: You're welcome, guys.
0: Uh, Something. Oh no, I I remember. Um, Yeah, I. I never finished watching the original heroes show. Heroes show. I can't speak. I almost said heroes series, and it came out weird. Um, So I just heard how bad it got and then eventually I decided to go back and try to watch on Netflix and that show just got so bad in like the second season so I don't know if maybe that's kind of poisoned people about it and they didn't give Reborn a shot or what
1: I think it was a show that they relaunched that nobody was clamoring for
0: or even cared about probably because it got so bad
1: Uh, And something that nobody cares about is Grace Randolph, former uh, comic book writer and now YouTube star, who I've never heard of, uh, has put out a petition to stop the Deadpool movie from receiving an R rating and asking them to cut it down to a PG-13
0: movie. Yeah, so this week in terrible petitions that probably shouldn't exist online. Wait, um,
2: is it that he doesn't want the rated R
1: It's a
0: woman.
2: Is it because they don't want the the person doesn't want a rated R version to be released? It's at not all? a person; it's a female.
1: The, is it because the lady
2: <laughs> Grace doesn't want to, uh, it to be released as a rated R movie at all, or she also wants to have a rated PG thirteen movie out? No,
1: there as she well? wants a PG thirteen um, uh-huh. or as well. That's what I'm asking. Oh, she do, she wants two versions to be released. Okay. See, that isn't that
0: horrible of a petition. Well, no, it's, it's the idea that... It's they, stupid. <laughs> that she wants it released so kids can go see it. But the fact that Deadpool exists is a testament to the fact that this isn't a superhero movie for kids. Like, this is meant to be a more mature adult take on the superhero movie, much like Kick-Ass was. And also, um, if... Also, your kids shouldn't see Deadpool,
1: no, but here's the thing: is like, and I, and I said this to other people. If if your parent, if the kids' parents are interested in seeing it and, and feel that that movie is okay for them to see, they can go see it with their parents. Even if it was a PG-13 movie, by the time I was 13, my dad took me and two of my friends who were in the uh, church club with me to go see uh, From Dusk Till Dawn,
0: and, and we I think were. that that strikes me about this too is um, she's using an eight-year-old kid, kind of as the the launching point for this because he wants to see Deadpool, and I'm sorry, like your, your kid at that age is it's okay to know who Deadpool is, but there's so much stuff about Deadpool that's really not child-appropriate to begin with. Like at that point, the parents should just be like, "No, we're not gonna we're not gonna see this." Yeah. It's like being a kid being like, hey, I like gangsters, and then mom being like, well, hey, why don't we petition the movie studios to release a PG-13 version of Scarface?
2: Yeah, but the parents already would do this release of PG-13 rated versions of movie. It's, it's called the fast-forward button. It's how I watched almost every movie growing up. Uh, y- your parent sits there, watches it first, and then says,
1: oh, okay, now I can watch it with you, son. And, uh... It's a fast-forward. No, my parents, my dad would just be like, cover your eyes, there's boobs, cover them. Are you covering them? And then would, like, elbow me on the side and be like, hey, you can't see the boobies.
3: The hand
1: in front of your eyes. It's hands in front of the eyes. Also a great editing tool for parents to make the rated R movies down to PG or PG-13 movies. Like, my, my parents weren't, like, too crazy about, like, me not seeing rated R movies. I remember... No,
0: mine neither. But I, I think it comes down to the fact that, like, it's more on the parents to say, yeah. like, hey, this is okay for my kids to watch or it's not okay than it is to place that responsibility on the movie studios to be like, well, if it's not okay, you should make it okay.
1: And I don't know how many times, like, Chris, you and I have been in a theater and heard that there's a little kid in the theater being like, this is not an appropriate movie yeah. for a kid. <laughs> is the little kid saying that? <laughs> no, that's me. It's like oh. elbowing Chris being like, why is there a little kid here? You know I even like I went to go see uh King Kong, and there was like a little four year old like kicking the back of my seat, like and I've been like, "Hey, maybe you should get your kid out of here, like he's bored, and he's kicking my seat well, aren't you bored no went to King Kong? the first well, part like. of that movie is really, really good, yeah it's only when they get him back to the yeah. u s that it kind of slows down a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had the big insects in that movie, right? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Okay, That's when I was like, uh, what's his name from the piano? That guy could be an action star. Oh yeah, yeah. The guy that was also in Predators. Yeah, and Brothers Bloom. Yeah. Can't think of his name. Yeah. Uh and uh it's a What's his on. name?
2: Yep. I am D B John. Well I talk about my news if you're done with your news. Uh EA. Uh, you know, they they're trying to been they've been working on fixing Origins for a while. Origins, their uh, video game platform for PC, you know, their online store, and they recently announced that they're going to have a uh kind of like a gamers with gold kind of thing going on. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Uh not Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody does not have anything to do with EA Origins, but a subscription service for four dollars and ninety nine cents a month to uh try out a bunch of their classic vault game what they're calling uh games in their vault. Uh, this is legacy titles, but uh, some of them are fairly new, like uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, Battlefield 3 and 4, uh, the 2013 reboot of SimCity. Uh, but that does not come with their DLC, so it's just the vanilla games. But for 5 bucks a month, you get to play any of those games just as much as you want. And then you get a 10% discount if you go to uh, purchase them. And also you get... Uh, pre-release, full-trial
1: downloads of games. That's pretty well. good. So. Um, PlayStation's got a version of this that has all their PlayStation mm-hmm. games from, I think, yeah. I, it's a huge a huge catalog, catalog yeah. from the beginning of PlayStation mm-hmm. that you can get. I don't know what price it is, and I would uh, have gotten it if I wasn't... not that
2: PlayStation Now?
1: Yeah, it's called PlayStation Now. But I would have gotten it and played it if I wasn't in a Healthy relationship
2: mm-hmm.
1: because I don't have time for it.
2: Yeah, it's a PlayStation Three games, and I thought that came out to be uh, nineteen ninety nine per month, or for three months forty four ninety nine. Seems really high. Yeah, yeah. So now, the EA that's only for computers. It, it's for it's for Origins, which is on PC only, which is a PC their PC thing. Um, and you will be limited in which games get released on PC. You know, most of your sports games, you know, like your Maddens and your NHLs, aren't released on PC anymore. Why not? Just, uh, they don't sell well on PC. Mm. But FIFA's released, so if you want to play FIFA. That's soccer? That's soccer, yeah.
1: Yep. Okay. <laughs>
2: so, that's That's something.
1: That's something.
2: And uh, the new Magic set, Chris. Do you see this? Uh, no, I have not. Oath of the Gatewatch. Uh, it has a new land, and a oh, new cool. man- a colorless mana symbol. What land is it? It's called uh, Wasteland, mm. and it's you know basic land card, and it produces colorless mana, but not you know not mana of any color like you'd normally see with a symbol with a number in it, but an actual different symbol. It kind of looks like a. Uh, Looks like a four-pointed four star, or a, a square tilted. <laughs> so it's kind of interesting that uh, it's been twenty-some odd years, and mana has now released. Its or Magic: The Gathering has now come up with its sixth mana
1: color. There's uh, yeah yeah
2: black white green red blue and now colorless or Swamps, plains, uh, oceans, mountains, and
1: uh, mount what? Oh, forests and now Mm. wastes. Interesting. uh, Interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't know what characters... like. It's interesting what characters or what kind of. There's of course
2: cards in this new set that feed off of it and produce more colorless mana and yeah. um, I, I think that you can use colorless mana as mana of any
1: color, but I'm not 100% sure that's true.
3: Mm.
1: Well, that we, would be that would be interesting to, I mean, shuffle into your deck, so yeah. those times you that you would have uh, two colors. Mm-hmm. To use that instead of
2: just, yeah. But I don't know, I thought it was interesting just to see a new mana color come out. Because it seemed very like that was the entity, you know that is so integral. That that five color system is so integral to what magic is. Like those symbols, like you see them, and you know if you have even a tangential relationship with magic, you're like, oh, those are magic symbols. I understand it.
1: Yeah. yeah. I still. You still. I. I like Magic. Mm-hmm. When I'm at Target, I go over and I look at the new sets and I'm like, oh, I should probably pick it up." I don't I I don't have anyone really to play with. Yeah. Yeah. And like you and I if we're going to get together to play games, we're going to play a board game, yeah. a new one that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. So it's odd to me to think like, "Oh, I mean, are they trying to get new people in or get people back into playing?" I guess. I think it's more
2: so uh I had another one right there. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I think it's just you know time to shake it up again and just do something really different with this series, which I think it is interesting that they're still doing these big shakeups and it's still such a big thing. Yeah, like, they still say that most board physical board game stores most of their
1: profits come from Magic: The Gathering. Still, it's nuts. I could imagine. I I stop myself from buying new packs all the time just because it's like I'm just buying it just to have the set,
2: hmm.
1: and I don't I don't need it. You don't need it.
0: Chris, are you still there? I thought... Yeah, sorry. I'm just kind of zoning out. I thought you would be more interested in the. No, honestly, like I don't play Magic. I mean, I haven't played it in like the past what hmm. like year and a half. Right. So it's it's cool like that they're doing something, but it's just like them adding a new mechanic in for something mm-hmm. like a, a different type of creature or like it, a new ability. Like it's, it's something that's there to make it cool for the people that are mm-hmm. act- actively playing.
3: Yeah. It's
2: for the slivers and the, what's, what's the other things? The, it starts with an e. e
1: oh, I forget. Eldritch, not Eldritch.
2: Anyways, that's all the news I had.
1: Uh, infamous comic artist and writer, Rob Leefield has come out with his dream pick for an actor to play Cable in the upcoming X-Force
3: movie.
1: Mm. Uh, And this would be John Hamm.
2: The comedic actor. The comedic actor
1: Uh, who, in a post that he put it up, put up a picture that he digitally altered for (laughs) John Hamm to look like Cable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, he looks good. Caitlin just mouthed that she would fuck John Hamm. Oh, huh. He's single now. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, future oh. wife might be future wife of John Ham. She, she likes men named John. Let's hope the H counts. <laughs> the H counts. Huh? H and John. Oh. He's J O N, I'm J O H N. Oh, okay. That's a John joke for John's. Hey, I'm be to learn how to write. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, weatherwags is a hard name to write. Everyone will get it wrong. Uh. <laughs> so yeah, he looks good. He looks good as the cable. I can see it, but would he do it? <laughs> I think so. His last couple movies, I think, have been pretty bad. What type of? The... He did that one about finding the Indian pitcher. Okay. Like a baseball movie? Yeah. Okay. He's like a baseball scout who he's gotten kind of thrown out because he's not scouting enough, and he's got to bring a new guy in, so he goes and finds uh, these... Wait, cricket player? Cricket cricket pitchers to come cricket in. bowlers. Whatever. <laughs> Sports! This don't matter to me. Matter to me. Alright. Chris, Chris, did you have any other news, bud? Uh, No, I'm good.
2: Alright. Let's
1: keep going. <laughs> the show the list there's been there's been too much drinking of yeti imperial stout uh yeah let's get into the list chris what book are you looking forward to coming out january 20th 2016
0: Uh, since i had a chance to go back and pick up a bunch of the books that i missed out on i'm actually looking forward to astonishing ant-man number four um this is written by nick spencer with art by ramon and this is the continuing adventures of scott lang living down in miami florida with his uh, private security company, uh, but now going up against basically anyone that has the app called Hench that can hire henchmen. Um, Villainy is taking a step into the new century.
1: Hmm. Interesting. How has the series been going? Have you caught up? It's,
0: yeah, it's been just as good as it was before.
1: Just kind of like continu- just continuing on.
0: Yeah, just keeping it going, and it it's awesome. I still love it. It's it was good going back to pick up those issues that I uh, missed out on previously.
1: Nice. Uh, I look forward to reading those. You should. They're good. Uh, And the series that also is coming out with an issue number four uh, is The Legacy of Luther Strode. Uh, This is written by Justin Jordan and art by Trad Moore. And this book has been coming out for months now. Not four months, but four months. Uh, I think the series started uh, in the spring, and we're just getting issue four now. Um, and it's been good Uh, I'm looking forward to the fourth part of this series finally wrapping up Um, we probably have two more issues before it's finally over but I'd like to have a nice conclusion a nice bookend to the Luther Strogue saga
2: Hmm. the continuing story of exploding meat popsicles
1: yes basically
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's all I got from that first issue or that first
1: series that we read it's pretty much the same (laughs)
2: Uh, I'm looking forward to a new number one coming out from Marvel, and this is something I think I picked during our uh, new, all new, all different, all new Marvel draft. Uh, This is uh, Captain Marvel number one. It's Captain Marvel leading a team out to the space to be the first line. Basically, a sword. You know, it's basically (laughs) redoing uh, the sword thing from Joss Whedon's run of uh, Astonishing X Men. She's going to be the first line of defense uh, dealing with the alien invaders and stuff like that uh, before they hit the Earth. And also, they kind of did that with Guardians of the Galaxy a little bit, too, for a while. But now now it's Captain Marvel's turn
1: with Alpha Flight. With Alpha Flight. Yeah, I, I picked that up that she was working with Alpha Flight in um, Spider-Woman number one. Huh. Because she mentions that.
2: Oh. There you go. Gotta have gotta have some sidekicks going around. Why not Alpha Flight? <laughs> Nobody wants to invade Canada, so you send Canada up to do the diplomatic work, and they're like, uh, "Should we invade the Earth? Not if they're a bunch of Canadians. So. They're so nice. <laughs> so nice. Uh, they gave us poutine. The squeezed che- uh, the the cheese they gave us squeaks. It's great. Why would we invade?
1: Why would we invade?
2: So we got that, and we got uh, our next beer, our dramatic reading first. I always forget.
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Why don't we do our next beer? I heard Chris take a gulp.
0: I literally just took it.
1: <laughs> Chris,
0: so what... How have you had a chance to, like, taste it. Hold on. Oh, okay. You taste away.
3: Mm,
0: because, good. Taste, tasting? Um... This is from Funky Buddha Brewery. It's kind of becoming one of my go-to breweries down here in Florida. Uh, And this is the Nikolai Vurloff. It's an Imperial Russian stout, uh, 9.5% ABV, and, yeah, big, heavy, like, coffee notes uh, right up front. It's good, though. I I could easily drink the rest of this, but I probably shouldn't because I have to work and record another show today. (laughs) Oh, jeez. That'll do it. Yeah. What do you guys got?
2: Uh, we have the Clown Shoes, talking about uh, a brewery set in 2015 we gave another shot to. Uh, Flight of the Angry Beast. And apparently the Beast series is uh, is an installment series. So this is their fourth in the line of the Beast. And this is uh, One Third Undead Party Crasher Aged in Bourbon Barrels. And one third Bacchorn Unidragon aged in Scotch barrels, Ooh. and one third aged billionaire or one third billionaire aged in Scotch barrels. Hooray. We had the billionaire uh, aged in cognac. Mm. We've had billionaire. We've had the undead party crasher, and we've had a uh, Bacchorn Unidragon. I don't think we've had that aged in a barrel yeah. age, though. No, no. But here we are. We got these aged. Imperial starts, Stouts, Starley Wines uh, Bourbon and Scotch Barrels And I get a lot of uh, Pineapple uh, I can ah. taste Pineapple Like like when you roast the ham And then you put the pineapple on it Like that kind of pineapple
1: A meaty pineapple What I get is the Scotch um, Which is bringing like an iodine taste Which um, Most Scotches from the different Islay's of uh scotland have that iodine so i'm pulling that from from this beer from the scotch
2: or you're saying iodine i'm thinking
1: i'm getting that ham yeah i think so yeah no
2: nobody gets ham or pineapple on this except for me that that
1: iodine from the peat iodine from the peat um but it is in a nice enjoyable where the yeti had a watery this has (laughs) got a thickness to it yeah uh, a lot of characteristic to this beer um i don't I don't hate it mm-hmm. I'm not super in love with it. I think they've blended a really interesting good beer and the fact that it was the imperial stout and the barley the barley wine aged in bourbon and scotch barrels that's really what sold me on picking this up.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's really well done I think it's uh, very drinkable versus you'd think it might yeah. be uh too Alcoholic or too many flavors mm-hmm. going on. But it's good.
2: It's yeah. good. It's drinkable. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I tried it. I'm glad I had this full glass here. But I don't think I would get it again at the price point it is. I'd rather, especially with clown shoes, where I can get a really solid any of these three beers on them out, on themselves. Really good. Really enjoyable. Really drinkable. And if I see those like in a bourbon
1: or in a scotch or cast aged anyway. Uh, I'll, I'll pick that up I think so I have a bottle of this do you want to age it and try it next year yeah
2: yeah. I'll All keep right. keep that in the cellar
1: I'll keep it in the cellar and something we won't keep in the
0: cellar will be a
1: dramatic reading
0: and now a dramatic reading from Silk number 3 page 18 panel 2 looks like
1: the Hunger Games what? read a book
3: the Hunger Games is a book?
1: And like seven movies,
0: you seriously don't get out much, do you?
3: I'm working on it.
0: That was a dramatic reading from Silk. Number three, page 18, panel two.
1: We we need to teach future wife to get on mic a little better.
3: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It came through okay. Yeah.
1: Seeing as there's three
2: mics all within <laughs> realm, you didn't even need the other mics on because you'll pick up. Like, it'll, Did it it'll, work
1: okay? It worked okay. It worked fine. I love you sweetheart. I'm to keep reading. Yeah, go
2: away. Keep reading your saga. <laughs> we have a main topic to get into. Yeah, we got to read not
0: saga. Yeah, uh, going to head us into our main topic which is going to be our monthly look or no, not monthly look back, our and policy. I can't talk today. Uh, and this is coming to us from Boom Studios and this is Hexed. Uh, and this is volume number 1 written by Michael Allen Nelson with art by Emma Rios this is a book that I've actually been hearing a lot about because people have really been championing and just like trumpeting about how great this book is. Um, so it's something that I figure is worth checking out. Um, and the best way to describe this is it's a supernatural heist book.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, this focuses on Jennifer, wait, Lucy, Jennifer, Ignacio, das Nieves aka lucifer because people take the lucy jennifer and just combine it see in jokes this book's already got them
3: yeah
0: (laughs) um but just her odd jobs that she's taking and just kind of how it plays into the bigger game that's kind of being played around her Mm -hmm. Uh, that's that's basically all i have to say about the book yeah
2: uh where people you might say heist movie since and you know in the back of the book they're like oh it's the new buffy it's if you're a file, you'll love this but what it's missing i think from being you know what's what's not quite there to make it a, either a heist book or a true buff buffy you know you know kind of new buffy book is that uh support cast yeah uh, you know, in a heist movie, you have the guy that's good at, you know, the getaway car driver, or you have this, like that. And in Buffy, you had the, you know, the kind of comedic relief. You had the, you know, the, the support cast all around her. And this is more of a pickpocket that's really good at being a
0: pickpocket. And well, I, I think also with something like Buffy, you have a lot of heart mm-hmm. in those characters, too. Not just, like, a great supporting cast of characters, but you... Cared about every single one of them
2: because each of them cared about the other.
1: Yeah, and this is also the 2008 series. There oh. is another hex that started in 2014. Oh. Yeah, there was
0: a uh, it's a, continu- a sequel series. Yeah. Oh, huh.
1: So, so this is the first four issues of the 2008 series. There are 13 issues, 12 mm-hmm. issues of the new current hex. Okay, because I was going to ask, like, how that. They-
2: you know, uh, when we get into the review, how it kind of carried on, because the end... Th-
1: the end just kind of ends, and then when I yeah. saw there wasn't anything following it, I was a little let down, because it's like, I have so many questions that I want answered, really.
0: See, yeah, when I... okay, I, I don't want to say I didn't care about this book, because I think it had promise. Mm-hmm. There, there was enough here that made me be like, if there was one more issue to this, I probably would have been a little bit more ingrained, because we would have seen, like, the end of not her first adventure but the first one that we're introduced to um and there was enough here to make me be like okay i i would read a little bit more but it's not something that i would probably actively chase
1: yeah uh um, the, the next four issues which are from 2014 uh 7 799 for a trade. Okay. Which isn't bad. Which isn't bad. I mean, that's something that I'd, I'd spend to pick up to see where this picked off. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next volume is called the harlot and the thief. Hmm. That makes sense. Um, I, I did not mind this book. Um, I do feel like I skimmed some parts when I was like, you know what this, I don't think this really matters. I I I don't think you missed out on anything by skimming. Um, and it's definitely a character uh, of Lucifer, who's someone who I'd like to know more about. There's some interesting things like what happened in Massachusetts, what happened mm-hmm. in there's another another place that they mentioned that something had happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, who this character actually is? Was she just a thief who got branded by the harlot, or is there more to her? Is she a demon? Is she this? There's definitely a history to this character. Mm-hmm. That I'm interested in more of her history than what she's currently doing. Yeah,
2: uh, with her, I, I I do think they kind of answered the question. I took her not as a demon or anything else, but she is this uh, a witch breed, you know? I think they describe her as somebody that has you know a, a tangential uh, abilities with magic in this in this world, and I did really enjoy how rooted. The magic
0: felt like there are yeah. certain rules. I, I think that was like the best mm-hmm. part. Of like when she's yeah. cutting open the corpse to like pass through into like that, mm-hmm. like the demon realm. Like I, I like that. That was probably my favorite part of the book, mm-hmm. honestly.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But and I, I like, I like the promise of this book. I like the idea of it. The plot was okay. Like, it's a very introductory. Like, hey, okay, we're gonna jump like Feastford it into it. Like. Mm-hmm. it works to get you into there but there's just not enough to keep me really caring okay um, but it's reading this kind of made me want to go back to reading the dark horse book the vampire slayer book honestly mm-hmm. cuz it does the same things and it does it better not just because i know those characters and care about them but it hits on the same kind of notes All right like I, I think Buffy would be accessible to someone even if you didn't watch any of the show. Um, because it it's very much kind of in the same vein.
2: Yeah, I only got through the first. Once she graduated, so like, uh, graduation day. Like, that's that's it. I tried the college years stuff yeah, the, and I couldn't get into the
0: it. The college one's bad. Like, at yeah. least favorite. Like, if I go back and decide I want to rewatch Buffy, I will skip season four.
1: Mm. Um, that's the season, because you and I were going back and rewatching them all together. And that's where we petered out.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's just rough. Um, but season <clears> five gets gets good again. Like I, I recommend just um, skipping season four, going to season five. I think and I hacks- don't. Okay, oh,
1: I don't want to say like Emma Rios's art is bad, but it doesn't kind of it it fits the story, but it's not the greatest of art.
2: Yeah, try to describe Lucy. Lucy.
1: Yeah. Well, she's supposed yeah. to be very nondescript, be, yeah. right. But everything else is kind of falls like flat in the art. It wasn't like bringing it.
2: Well, when they talk about this tattoo and how interesting this tattoo and it's a very unique tattoo, and then on the last page you see it
0: and you're like, that
2: that's that's the big that's well, the big I, I reveal. Think <laughs> like, I think
0: it's more. It's not so much like it's an like intricate tattoo. I think it's more like people around her know what this tattoo kind of okay. symbolizes. And that's the interest in it. Like they know okay. what it means and where it came from. But th- for like the people in the book, that's the hook.
1: And like the art by Dan Mora in the new series, I think I f- it fits with it a lot better. Well, it's a lot
2: cleaner look. It's a it's not as sketchy. It's yeah in the new series. Uh, John just passed me a, a, a page, and I like the ske- But I like the sketchiness of. Uh, I have already lost the name of the person. Emma Rios. Emma Rios. I like it being sketchy because it is a dirty world. This isn't the clean magic. This isn't, you know, I, you know, say a spell back, say a word backwards, and suddenly think and a taxi appears. This is, this is gritty and it's dirty.
1: This is a it's a, and it should be that. It, yeah, but this is a story that it's an interesting idea, but you need a little more to capture you. Mm-hmm. And I think if the art maybe popped a little bit more or gave something like you went like,
0: Oh man, that art was awesome. Honestly, think, like I'm going back, like flipping through it. I think some of it might be the colors on it too, because it's yeah. all just really flat. Like, yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: Really just like sits on the page. And they'll like the pages that pop the most are in issue number two, when she's going into that demon realm to get the magical MacGuffin, whatever it was called. I don't even remember it. Mm hmm yeah, um, yeah. The thing but that, like those pages they they look gorgeous and it's all a lot of just contrast of colors there with like the reds the blues the oranges the yellows like mm-hmm. but as soon as like you're out of that it just the book looks flat again
1: because i think you know lucifer is a very interesting character and i think there's a lot of positive about this character that i enjoyed like there's definitely you know even like at the end when the angel comes and kind of saves her Mm -hmm. but the book like the book feels like it fell a little it it feels like it fell flat
0: yeah yeah I, I, i like the voice of the book though. it's kind of like going back flipping through i like glancing at the word balloons and captions i like the way it reads but it's a lot of good numbers that just don't happen to add up
2: right I think, it's, I think that's kind of almost due to it being limited to, like, four issues. Because you get these, you know, hints that, you know, like, Massachusetts. But I was more, like, in the very first issue, like, within the first three pages, she's, like, tells Val, well, you know, I don't do it all for the money, Val. But you don't... You get a sense that she likes Val. And I kind of wish that relationship was
0: explained more other than her being... Because... You want want, you want the Indian Brody relationship?
2: Yeah, because right now you know it seemed like you know two pages later they're like, oh, the only reason they can get this character actually to stay and do this work instead of just running again is to say that she really wants to protect Val.
1: Yeah, And and it's like she doesn't have any other friends but Val.
2: But Val. But the thing is, it seems like she doesn't want to make any other friends but Val. And if this story went from hey, I have Val now, she's going to be my linchpin, she's going to be the person that, you know, really, so I can actually start a new life together. And she creates a crew and makes a crew to Enoch you know, and gets together and then tries to f- solve her big overarching problem of become you know, spoilers, sorry, of becoming the new harlot. Like, then I would be like, yes, this is a new Buffy book because... From here, it's a character turning the corner, and i I don't feel like she turns the corner. she just escapes
0: no, I think to live did, another day? did either of you read the afterword? no, no okay um in it the writer uh, Michael Allen Nelson actually describes that the idea for Lucy came from working on a different book and then like he just couldn't get her out of his head, so he was trying to think of a way to give her an adventure of her own.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think we kind of see that like after reading the book and then reading the after, I was like, okay, yeah, it's, it's a character you love, but then you're just trying to fit them into
3: mm-hmm.
0: a vehicle just to say like, well, well, this is a cool character, but I don't have a story for her yet.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, and a service to her. Yeah. I think in, when I finished the book, I'd look to see what else this character, like, all right, what what's the next volume? How much is the next volume? And the fact that the new 2014 series is only 7.99, I think I would grab it. Mm-hmm. I think I would check out what else is going on because this character was good enough, was interesting enough for me mm-hmm. to want to check it out. This might not have been the best story for them. Um, But I think one of the other selling points is the fact that this is the co-writer of Dayman, which I really, really liked. Mm -hmm. And I think he's probably cut his teeth a little bit more from eight years ago to right now to grab me, Mm -hmm. to keep me on the crazy issues that were delivered. You know, it took like eight months for me to get. You know, issue four and five. Yeah. But I stayed with that series. Like, it's now finished up, and I'm like, okay, I feel like how he did Hex, where he had eight years between the two uh, deliveries of that. I'll wait again for another day, man. I'll check out Hex. Yeah.
0: I think I I don't remember what I paid for this book, but I'm going to look it up actually right now because I I feel like I kind of got a little bit burned on it. Like, if it had been $8, maybe. Would feel a little bit better,
1: and I think if you were hearing buzz about Hexed, it might have been about the new Hexed versus the.
0: Oh yeah, I, yeah I, I'm assuming it was definitely because of that because I think this was like nominated for stuff.
1: I
2: I, I really did enjoy this book. I don't want to come across that I'm down on it. I, I am with John that I'm excited, especially knowing that oh he he's a co writer of uh, Dayman, who in that series. Superstitious or super, what is it? Supernatural like rules and etiquette. Like he, he locks that stuff down, and that's what I always look for in these books because sometimes you have to have rules. Yeah, it's well, it's because like Chris uh, described the uh, beginning part of the book. It's too easy just to create a just a supernatural sounding word and have that be the MacGuffin, and then have another uh, supernatural sounding word and having that be the Deus Ex Machina to solve all the problems. Instead of so there never feels like there's actual true conflict since anything can fall out of the sky and just solve everybody's problems. Kinda like what happens here though. Yeah. But it there was a payoff to the first part of the story, which I thought was great. Of course a band would want to steal some angels' wings and like use them as part of their stage show. Because you would get them
1: more groupies. Or use them for, I mean, any kind of other yeah. manner. Because it wasn't like they were locked up in a room that this band was mm-hmm. using. So maybe they were using them for luck. Maybe they were using mm-hmm. them for charisma. Yeah. Anything like that. Um, the the fact that this character, it has a rich history that we don't know about. Uh, I'd actually be interested if, like, Chris, you said that the character was from another book that he wanted to bring over
0: into their own book. Um, it, it's kind of blurry when you're like, you read the afterword because he talks about how the idea came to him when he was writing the call of Cthulhu book, but he doesn't actually say if she kind of like popped up in there first or if like it was more the idea yeah, and then of kind of like moved over.
1: Of a, um, of a, a, a master thief who steals mystical items. But Cause that's definitely what she is.
0: I, uh, volume one, it was six ninety nine on Comicsology. That it yeah, that's it's not which cute. it's it's not a bad price, but honestly like I've paid the same amount for books that I've liked more or I've chains. liked less. Mm-hmm. I and I don't know, looking at the artwork for the new series though, like yeah, that's the book that I want to read.
1: And I think that's the book that you heard about. I appreciate that you brought this to the table. Mm-hmm. I think it was it wasn't anything <laughs> exceptional but I think the i I liked the character. Mm-hmm. I liked the idea of this character more so that you know when we leave this podcast, mm-hmm. I will probably pick up Hexed Volume One
0: for seven ninety nine. 99 mm-hmm. uh, I, I would read it. I wouldn't put that money towards it myself, just because I've got more books that I would want to read first. That. Mm-hmm. I read monthly that I haven't had a chance to pick up since I. Well, here's the all thing,
1: though. I've become Paul with my comic books where I buy the stuff that I know that I like and I want to read, mm-hmm. and then I just don't find any time to read them. <laughs> hey! That happens. Uh, I'm behind on Saga. I'm behind on uh, I'm Rat Queens. I'm, I'm, beca- I'm behind on a lot of my series. There's a couple that I've managed to keep up on only because I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. I'll. I'm going to take this minute right now before I go to bed to read Doctor Strange, or I'm going to find the time to mm-hmm. read this issue. But those series that I love, for some reason, I'm just not getting around to reading them. You know why? Because you know they're going to be good, and you'll get to them when you can. I think that's a little but, bit it. And also, it's like you know what? It's not going to surprise you.
0: It's going to be good. With watching Top Show. <laughs> I will say this too: um, Volume one of like the second series. It's four issues. It's eight dollars. If you look at the issues individually, it's two bucks per issue, and that's even up to the last one that came out, number twelve. Um, it's it's a great price. If I read the next volume and I like it as much as I think I could, based off just of what I've looked at from the like, sneak peeks for each issue, it's something that I would probably keep up on if it was only two dollars per issue. You know. Yeah.
1: And then once you get to the new issues, paying that three ninety nine probably wouldn't be a big problem,
0: or or just waiting until they come down to two dollars because it seems to be something that they do. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, it's. I don't think I I personally do not have a problem picking up that next volume. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't if it doesn't fit for me, I won't continue on. Uh, uh, and if uh, somebody else likes it, they can keep on it. Like that would probably that might be me. <laughs> this well, I'm going <laughs> to
0: I'm going to oppose this though. Whose okay. pick is it next month for trade and policy? It would be mine. Would you want to do volume two, or I, I, it's technically volume one? But would you want to be like do the it, continuation?
2: Yeah, but there's other books that I kind of want to get to as well. well. Like, um, yeah, I might want to do the continuation. Let me think about that for yeah, the next week. Yeah, you got a month. What if I buy it? Well, I would, would buy you pick I, it. I'm, I'm definitely going to buy this. As, <laughs> so you know, you're going to buy it? Yeah, I, I'm more than happy to buy this one as well. But for our next pick, there's other books that I kind of want to get to, and I'm trying to think of what they are right now. And I'm just having a hard time. Is it <laughs> no, because it's, we've it's been? Something
0: that we've kind of talked about it before, but we've never actually done is read the second volume of something yeah like that we woods. read previously yeah. like a little bit more like a book club um, mm-hmm. to get like continue the talk more than we normally do because
2: we did i did already buy all the we, issues yeah, of the woods
1: you and i has split the and we were talking the about doing that,
2: doing that next but there's I'm like such an a star wars kick right now that i kind of want to do a volume of star wars and but you know just to force myself to actually go back and read them all in a row uh so I don't know. Stay tuned for our, our our pick. We'll post it on Facebook as soon as yeah, we we'll make discuss. a decision. Yeah, uh, But no, this is definitely a series that I'm walking away of being a big fan, and especially if they, because I think this character would work really well in that group dynamic. She needs that group dynamic because no, she w- needs to play off of people.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah. feel like I think she she's a loner that needs people in her lives. Mm-hmm. And I, we have that a little bit with Val in this, who's an art love, dealer who's hiring her to steal mystical items. Because we really haven't – I mean, Chris made a – you know, Chris kind of said the mission statement of this yeah. book. But we haven't talked about this book aside from the fact that it, that we like it, true. but we haven't really discussed too yeah. much of it. Um, She's it's a, <laughs> it's a classic kind of uh, – Pickpocket kind of story though, where she, she was she was hired for a deal with and this... job of the hut comes
2: back and says <laughs> that uh if she's now bata foodo uh because uh she owes them some money because uh because she's bought to voodoo. Because uh, she dumped, uh, she dumped the cargo.
0: Logo. Cargo. But even, even she gets boarded
1: sometimes. Uh,
2: sometimes. No, uh, yeah, well, she she did bad. She didn't do well by a a, a uh, person she picked up a job from. back She picked in the up day. a
1: job. She found out what they were actually trying, asking to Trying to steal and what they were gonna use it for, and she split. Mm-hmm. And she didn't do it. And this guy's come back and Three now years later. and now has a little bit of leverage against her. To steal something, and that uh, leverage being Val, being Val, and then continuing to use Val against her, where she's also outwitted that person,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, with saying that she took, she took something that she didn't, and that person chasing her for that. Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. She does. She definitely has a connection to the demon world in this, um, by how she escapes from prison. And she's—I like that interaction she's, quite a bit. She's also him and the, 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 she also feels very deadly on how she takes out those guys to seal that car. See,
0: yeah. my, my favorite parts of the book were where she's doing the magic or dealing with the demons, like the mm-hmm. little guy that pops out of the toilet.
1: Yeah, I love that interaction. Like, those, those the are, guy in man. the body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I want more of that. And this definitely—I mean, this—I think this book had enough of a hook that. That the fact that there is another series that we're all talking about—either yeah. buying it or definitely reading it—yeah,
0: mm-hmm. you're, you're right. Yeah, I—I I, I know I was—I sounded really negative before, but it's just there. I, I said there just wasn't enough here to make me be like, "Wow, what a what a great way to bring me in." It was more just uh, there's the, there's the promise of okay. something, there.
1: yeah. And here's the thing is but I skimmed this book mm-hmm. but when I finished reading it, I said to myself, I don't know how much I'd have to talk about this but then I looked to see
0: the next volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you No, know, I, I felt the same way. I was like, this is gonna be a really short.
1: And when you when you said you got this book, I said, Is this the book I was planning on picking up a couple months ago? Was it? When the new number one came out. And it was one of those things that I didn't because it just was like Oh, you and, know what? I'm going to pick up this new number one and this new number one, so I'll let this book slide.
0: I thought about picking up that number one too because everyone was touting it as like, "Oh, it's the it's the next Buffy." And when you say those words, you definitely capture my attention.
1: And you know what? This character, it the thing, it's not the next Buffy to me. It feels like the next Constantine.
0: It's yeah, she's, yeah definitely
2: more in that vein. She's the next Buffy from like season three when she comes back to. Uh, she, like, left away, went away because everybody around her has, like, gone weird or died. Like, she feels guilty about what happened with Angel. Like, it's that season of Buffy where she's, like, trying not... guilt written like, that, that first, like, five episodes where she's, like, trying to stay away from Xander and Willow and just do her duties as Paul, the player. way you're
0: talking about Buffy season three, it makes me think you should just... Watch season five. Like after we record, just Netflix. Go over to season five. I'm sorry.
1: One. He's got playoffs.
0: I got the playoffs oh, right. to watch.
1: You know how I know I'm drunk? I can feel my eyelids. Is that a weird thing to say? The Panthers versus the
2: Seahawks right now. The Panthers are up twenty-four nothing. It's great. Wow. Okay. And I want to see the Broncos just trash the Steelers. I'll say it. What's
1: happening? I don't understand the words you just said, but okay. Yeah, we're still recording,
2: even though we're talking about. I know it's very confusing because you I got to keep on I got to talk about
1: sports. We've been promising Paul a sports episode for years.
3: <laughs> April
1: April first is right around the corner, guys. Uh, sports, sports, sports.
0: But I don't. It's it's not a bad book, and I know sometimes I might come off as a little bit more negative about things, but that's just because I don't know how to. Just like, sound in the middle of the road about stuff sometimes.
1: Yeah, and I like this wasn't the best delivery yeah. of this book.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But again again, like I said, there's enough of a hook that I would pick up that new volume of it. See, there wasn't like after
2: I finished reading it, I'm like, well they kinda answered everything. And I'm like, where are they going to go from here? She's taking a bath, and I know she's going to be, has, you know, there's that hook of the new harlot, and there's still the question of the Massachusetts thing. But they could have left a lot more open and just kind of continue the series. But there, I thought, like, they ended it really well. For So if you don't want to go on, like, I think it took for 7 dollars It took eight years for this book yeah. to get relaunched. Yeah, for 7 I think you get a full and complete uh, story where you don't feel like, oh... I, I feel like I'm missing out on something else. I, I think it does wrap up really well that if you are like Chris and are like,
3: eh, you know,
2: it wasn't what they they sold me on. It isn't the next Buffy. I don't think he can be like, well, they gouged me on the price or and, and now I feel like I have to go out and buy the next series just to get the complete story. I think you got mm-hmm. a fairly good complete story here.
1: I, you, you I got, agree. You, okay. you got it a, a beginning and ending for this character. The fact that this character has got more going on. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I read it now knowing that I have probably three trades Mm -hmm. of the new current stuff coming out or just buying single issue for $2. Uh, I like that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely something that piques my interest in the fact that I plan on buying the next volume. So you you picked a winner even though – it's also kind of a loser, Chris? Yeah, I. they can't all be Lumberjanes. Yeah.
2: It could be more, but we can't...
1: Well, here's the thing, too. Because I keep on going, like, man, it would be so much cooler if she like, gains a crew. lumber Lumberjanes, you bought on sale. Mm-hmm. We all agreed we wouldn't pay full, full price, price yeah. for the next volume, with it being four issues. So with... You know, but
0: In the scope of it, though, like, I still feel like it was a more complete book. Like I got more out of it, just oh. like, a general feeling. Even,
1: I think you know? it was definitely – Jeans is definitely a better book, but I probably will continue buying Hexed over Lumber Jeans for the price.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if, it, it's something that's – it is worth talking about. And we talk about this every single time we do a trade policy because price is a big factor when it comes into – did you enjoy it? Because you you want to get your money's worth. And it's the same if you buy just an issue of a book too, like
2: or any entertainment.
0: Exactly. Like if, if you're spending one ninety nine for a book or two ninety nine or five ninety nine, mm-hmm. did you get that five ninety nine worth of entertainment out of it? Um or like you said, like even with video games too or movies. Yep. That cost to benefit ratio. Mm-hmm. And just on I guess to say it like this way, on paper. Like the books alone, I probably like Lumberjanes more. Mm-hmm. Like if if I had to like just like hey, here's this book free for you every single month it comes out. Yeah. Which one would you want to read? I'd probably go Lumberjanes just because it,
2: the it was fun and quirky, versus, you know.
0: Like yeah. on a
2: cost analysis, on a time cost analysis alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lumberjanes is a little quirky and just a more zany, fun book. I think Hexed is more up my alley, where it's got that hook of being, like you said, a heist movie, so you got me right there, and also a supernatural book with rules. So I think it's got more... So two things you like. Yeah, I think it's got more hooks in me than uh, Lumberjanes does,
1: which is fun and zany. And the new series of *Hex* from 2014 comes out as awkward as... Daymen does because there's two months between issue 12 and thir- 11,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then there are uh, three months between 11 and 10.
0: But you know what, about wonky schedules? Uh, what's been happening with Rat Queens? Has that come out at all?
1: Uh, Rat Queens has come out pretty regularly. Okay.
0: I, I haven't
1: read it in a minute, so I didn't know. December 30th, she says, was the last issue that came just out. Read it. No, so that's not bad. Caitlin just read it. She said it was good. I gotta check that out. But sometimes
2: these wonky schedules, especially for comic books, it means it's a labor of love. It's like one of the ones like as soon as they find that extra time during the night after they put in the work that's paying them, they're doing the self-published stuff like with Boom Studios and you know. Then, then at the end
1: publishers. of day, man, that's what they said. They're like, "Thank you for sticking with us. This was a labor of love. It mm-hmm. took a while to get between issues, but I, I like supporting that. You know, I do. And." In- those books looked amazing mm-hmm. the stories were were great uh and like i said like it's ended
3: mm-hmm.
1: in Damon, but it's not there definitely can be a second volume or something else could happen with it that they continue on with this character um of david but yeah like i think i, I mean we i feel like we're we're trying to talk more positively about this book, but we keep saying like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll read the next issue." Yeah, we're going to read yeah. the next volumes, and we hope that you do
2: the same. And we, you'll hear about it. Yeah, and, and we hope that you come back next week uh, when we'll be talking about our top five DC stories
1: of all time. Is we, that
0: right? We're doing. Are top, we doing this? We're,
1: we're doing a top ten.
0: So this will be wow. Ten through six.
1: Wow. Ten through six. We're going to break it into two parts because. It's a we, lot of talking. We know we go long,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's why we try to separate certain things. Uh, so we're going to talk about our top, or the top one through six of the top ten. Well, no, no, ten through ten through
2: six. Isn't that what I said? No, you said one through six. Oh, we're going. We're starting at ten, and we're working our way up to number six. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six.
1: Yep, yep. that would be five. That'd books. be five. That's how it works, Paul.
2: <laughs> yep. Well, I'm making sure you know how it works, because you're going all over the place. With I brought this to the
1: table, and I can feel my eyelids.
2: <laughs> you can feel your eyelids. Uh, what we're going to do is, before the show, we're going to do some work and some debates, and I'm sure it might get loud on Facebook uh, for us, where we're going to say our top five, our, our, actually, our top ten stories from DC Comics of all time. And we're going to then make a bagged and board cast presents this list. Because I, I think uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I think some stories are going to be short, like three, four issues. And then some are going to be the long epic stuff. And it's going to be a hodgepodge. But, uh, and definitely oh, us trying to find think. a position in in that and and i think we got to put this on facebook and and on twitter and and see what our listeners say and include that into our list maybe those will be all honorable mentions you know
1: Yeah, definitely and some of them again. might go oh yeah i forgot about that book mm-hmm.
0: this That's does not i in- expecting a lot of actually. but
1: this, this does not include vertigo though right
0: yes it does it
1: includes okay paul you were here for this fucking conversation well i want it. <laughs> you know who wasn't though john the listener in the internet let me play Devil's Advocate, gosh darn it. Well, how, Feel your eyelids on Paul, your own time. How do I know you're doing that when also you also don't pay attention? Because we're like, yeah, we're ready to start the show, and then you start playing the SNL skit of Kylo Ren.
3: Because
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought we, I, thought I needed to see that before the show.
3: <laughs>
2: well, you did because it was, it was well done. It, it was, was good. It was important for the show. It put me in my right... Framework.
1: I wasn't ready for the show. In Are Colorado. you guys ready to start? Click. <laughs> I'm going to watch this video instead. Sorry, yep. boys. You're welcome. Put me
2: in the right mind frame. <laughs> Made me jovial and happy this episode. I
1: thought that was the beers
0: that Which we drank. Mean, you need to be jovial and happy because Alan Rickman and David Bowie died.
1: Uh-oh. Oh, we forgot to mention the deaths. Well, we, it's just so sad. Uh, both,
0: I've been surrounded by no, I don't.
1: two, yeah, two yeah. people that well, I didn't even know they were sick.
0: Yeah, same deal. Like I did not know either one of them had cancer.
2: Yeah, well, I th- well, David Bowie was purposely done. Like he, he, he was hiding it and released an album the Friday before he passed away. Yeah, which was a, which just blows my mind that you would keep working. Like that guy just was loving what he did. Uh, I don't understand why he did that video game on Omnicrom, which was horrible, but he did it. gas <laughs> game it was bad all right, that was a long time ago. yeah, uh, yeah, and Alan Rickman, man, like when I mentioned when uh, I heard about that, it was at work because you know my employees are slackers and are never working, but are constantly just online and they're like, yeah. they're
1: giving you information for the news the weekend gig Paul. <laughs> that's not what they're paid for and, and you're like money. and they tell you that and they're like that's John News get back to work <laughs> what yeah that's stupid that's Paul that's Chris stuff get back to work tell me about video game stuff and other bullshit about computers you don't so care he, about those things nobody does but me alright I'm gonna walk around and steal that dude's sandwich <laughs> I, just
2: feel like I, I a screwdriver mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and uh, we go, I'm like he says Alan Rickman I'm like really Ah. Uh, And I'm like, I'm surprised. Did he fall off a building? Like, what happened?
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was was the same kind of situation for me because I was at work that morning. And, like, one of my sales associates was like, did you hear, like, today's the day that Professor Snape died? And I was like, you mean, like, this day in Hogwarts history? Like, is this where we're falling? Like, in some sort of, like, Mm
3: -hmm.
0: oh, he was killed, you know, January, like, 12th or whatever day it was. Like nineteen ninety eight. Like, is that when it happened? And they're like, no. Like, the dude that played him. I was like, Alan Rickman. And they're like, yeah. I was like, no. Like, that's one of those internet hoax things. Yeah. People just say things on the meg broadcast. That's
1: when you are like, you are a liar. You run away. Like, you run away with tears coming, coming out of your eyes. I pulled
0: out eyes. my phone and like, googled, and I was like, oh
2: crap. Like, that the sucks. The other person in the room with us was like, who's Alan Rickman? And we just looked at her with a. Worst look possible. The most
1: disdain like possible.
2: Hans Gruber from Die Hard. Uh, there
1: Professor
2: was Professor. You have kids, Professor Snape. You have kids.
1: <laughs> there was a really nice thing that, um, like, uh, um, the actor who played Harry Potter. I can't think of his name. Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel Radcliffe came out and said, "You know, he was one of the greatest mentors, friends mm-hmm. I could have had." And there a just, yeah, so, a lot of people come out just to say how great of not only a person but Mm -hmm. acting with you know somebody he was Mm -hmm. um yeah i I think he he will be extremely
0: missed yeah if you want to well up in internet tears at all just google basically what any of the harry potter cast had had to say about working with alan rickman because they all kind of had the same almost like apprehension where he was such an imposing figure on set but then when they actually did sit down and like have to interact with him at some point they gain like so much from those moments mm-hmm. um, uh,
1: what well, the other thing is like the um the practical joke he played on Daniel Radcliffe <laughs> in uh, one of the scenes they were having where everybody was in the great hall it was mm-hmm. with uh, prisoner Azkaban where everyone was sleeping in the great hall because mm-hmm. um, yeah the the he had the bro- are there he had broken in and everything and as they came up and they were approaching where Harry was sleeping, they had put, like, a fart machine near him. Mm-hmm. So when they were talking, there was a fart noise coming out of his sleeping bag, and only a couple people knew. And the person who was playing Dumbledore kept trying to go through everything he had to say until he just broke down and started laughing. And then you see Daniel Radcliffe start searching through his, <laughs> his, his sleeping bag, being like, what, what is this <laughs> – and you see just uh, you you see Snape just laughing and loving every minute of it, <laughs> and you see him smirking through the whole take. As soon as like the fir- the first fart goes <laughs> off, he's just grinning because he knows it's not going to be used, yeah. and he's loving every minute of people thinking that Harry Potter is farting <laughs> through a scene. <laughs>
0: uh, That's he, great. Alan Rickman was a great actor, and I mean besides the Harry Potter franchise and die hard. I mean, Galaxy Quest is one of those great movies that every time I see it's on Netflix, I'm like, I need to rewatch this. And I just I haven't. Now I know I need to. Uh,
2: The day that uh, I heard this news, I couldn't use a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Did you use a towel to dry your tears? Because he was also in The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Marvin, yeah. And then one of my mom's favorite movies, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves.
2: That's what the spoon reference was in. Yeah. -hmm. Because he says, Carve his heart! Out heart out with, a with a
0: spoon. It's dull. It's <laughs> so dull. It hurt more, you idiot. <laughs> Love that. Love actually. I great. mean, honestly, like, I forgot until I was just about to say, like, he's been in a lot of things, but also Dogma. Oh, like yeah. Metatron, like.
2: He just. Yeah, he has a gravitas on screen. He had a gravitas on screen, and it's. <laughs> it didn't
1: professionally start <sighs> acting until the age 40 wow cheese for me
0: (laughs) and then (laughs) I mean, voice acting career yeah we kind of like we talked about it but not a lot but even david bowie i mean if you want to talk about someone that's had a huge impact not just on like music but pop culture in general Mm -hmm. zoolander was on tv last night and i watched it and then like he popped up to uh call them like uh the modeling walk-off between Zoolander and Hansel. And I was like, oh my god, I forgot Bowie was in this movie. But that moment is like, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Uh,
1: I had actually just watched a documentary about Napster, mm-hmm. and they showed him talking. And there, and then like when I heard this news, I was like, I just saw him in that documentary. Well, that documentary was like eight, ten years old, yeah, but <laughs>
2: like last well, time that anybody cared about Napster.
1: <laughs> but I was like, oh man, like I just saw him speaking about something like. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it was one of those things, like, I had just seen him, and I was like, oh, yeah.
0: Luckily enough, at my job, I spend, like, the first half of my day kind of locked in an office mm-hmm. going over money and reports and stuff. So I can listen to music. So I actually had uh, my David Bowie playlist playing off of my iPod. I mean, it, it was nice, and it was, like, one of those things where it was like, man, I forgot how much I actually like listening to David Bowie. Because it's one of those things that would just come up on shuffle randomly. I'd be like, "Oh, I like Rebel Rebel." Like, I'll I'll skip the song though because I don't need to hear it.
1: But some of his stuff too is just like timeless. You could just listen to it
0: over and over again. Yeah, basically, like just go onto like iTunes and spend the six dollars and what, buy whatever greatest hits album he has on there because it's all going to be golden. Golden here, yeah. See, I can I can make references too. You did it. I did. Mm-hmm. Man, you were so good right. at that.
2: Let's dance on out of this episode, and can
0: uh... we dance in the streets?
2: No, was he it was. What's that?
0: Well, he did. Uh, he with, did. Let's dance. He did. Let's dance. But then he also did dancing in the streets with. Uh, oh, what's his name from Rolling Stones?
2: Oh, dancing
0: in the streets. Yeah, watch the video for it. They I, get uncomfortably I, I, close.
2: I know. I, I feel like you're under pressure right now to come. This like, was it, Pete Townsend. With coming up with his name? No. Pete Thompson
1: Pete is from. from... Oh, you from said well. Rolling Stones. I'm sorry, yes. I was thinking The Who. You're on The Who.
0: All right. It's okay.
1: Thank you <laughs> thank, thank you guys bro.
2: for listening to our, 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 our end of the episode. Raid, review us. Uh uh-huh. well, We're on the iTunes. But honestly, if you're on iTunes, David Bowie first, and
1: then... <laughs> You know. Then Magnum for Then Magnum <laughs> But if they're already down if they're already hearing this, they've already surpassed downloading this. Yeah. But
2: but they're on iTunes, they're going back to iTunes to go rate and review us, but I'm saying go David Bowie first, then come back and rate and review us.
3: Alright. Well, I think we're just gonna end the episode. End it there. <laughs>